Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available true nutrition has you covered just go to truenutrition.com look at all of the great products place your order and when you go to make your payment type in c-e-p-n in the promo code box for five percent off of your entire order it is that easy we are always looking for sponsorship and collaboration opportunities if you or anyone you know has a business they are looking to promote and want to be a part of the podcast reach out and let's see what we can do For this episode, Patrick and I give our take on the Oscar slap. Patrick tells an interesting band brawl story. We talk about the Mayweather fight in Dubai coming up in May, UFC 273, Patrick living in a camper so soccer players could live in his house, and much, much more. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now we're going to play the latest track from our good friends in Brook Royal. The song is called Reaching Out. Make sure to go follow Brook Royal on all the social medias. Make sure to check out their YouTube channel. They did just put out a music video for this song. As I said, the song is called Reaching Out, and it's going to lead you into the episode.
Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend and Pat- Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. Uh, life threw us another curveball last week. Didn't get to record. It seems to be happening quite often here lately, but I'm hoping we're getting things back on track now. So, how are you this I mean, morning, sir? You don't need sir? to tell the world that. Why? You just pretend like we got our shit together. What? Tr- okay, we've done 100 episodes. People understand that we do not have our shit together by now. What? I, I, well, come on. <laughs> Millions of fans. Well, we missed out on all the fun of talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah. I find it funny that the last episode we did, which was the day of the Oscars, I made a statement saying that I hope Will Smith wins because he's not going to give a bullshit speech if he wins. Boy, was I wrong about everything. Yeah. Like, couldn't have been more wrong. What? What are so we just have to talk about it because it's you know I I think well look I feel like we're I feel like we're behind fans. we're behind all of it now like it's all it's kind of all died down by the time that we got to talk about it but I still feel no. like it needs to be talked about I'm telling you it's going to keep coming up because Chris Rock's tour is going to be huge it already Wilson's is just got yeah but it's going to get it's going to be even bigger and the next specialty puts out it's going to be crazy. Will Smith was just banned for 10 years from being being able to participate in the Oscars, which I think is what? Do you Who think cares? he cares? Yeah. What, yeah. What does it matter? Does anybody does really care that they that to be at the Oscars anymore? Oh, it's such a lame. Hollywood's so fucking fake. Can I? Well, tell me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on the slap? And then I'll tell you. Go ahead. I think it was fake. I think if you watch the you 100 percent, it was fake. I do. Well, let me ask you this, because I, for a while there, did believe that, but maybe I don't anymore. But who benefits the most from it being fake? What do you mean? So if it's fake, why? Why do it? Why? Why have a fake slap? Why? Why the scene? Why the production? Why Uh, the the Oscars itself? You think it brought attention to the Oscars? Yeah, they have their numbers have been going down heavily over the past few years so you think this is going to make people watch next year i don't know that if nothing else it got them ratings this year how many people were watching up to the point of the slap i mean i don't have actual numbers if you had had to guess if you had to guess i don't know i don't even know what average numbers are for the oscars anymore i don't either and i also don't care (laughs) um so you think it's fake Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you this. So what, <laughs> when the night, so that night, I didn't watch any of it. I never watched the Oscars. I think it's a bunch of horse shit. It's the biggest phony display of nothingness, essentially. But I go to bed. I, I think I was watching basketball that night. I was watching something of importance. Let's just say that. But I go to bed. <laughs> my wife goes, did you see? what will smith did and i go did he win an oscar or something she goes no he smacked chris rock and i was like what she goes yeah he just walked up on stage at the oscars and smacked him i go why she goes "Ah." he said something about jada's hair i was like what so she showed me and my first this is the first thing i said i swear to god this is what i said and i was gonna tweet it but i didn't but i said well will will's pretty sensitive right now because the whole world knows he's a cuck you know, yeah, because of that, you know, that interview that he and Jada did where she basically said, I just fuck other dudes and you're just going to deal with it. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen a more callous display of. of like, 
basically telling the world our marriage is a sham. I fuck other dudes. I'm unapologetic about it. And then the, like, for the, the husband to just sit there and not have an ounce of like dignity. It, it, it's almost like, yeah, our relationship is fake. That's what they were telling the world when they did that. Anyway, that's the ancient history at this point. But I said, yeah. you know, Will's pretty sensitive now that the whole world knows he's a cuck. And then, of course, I wake up the following morning and it's just, you know, <laughs> every stand up comedian, every actor's weighing in, you know, basically saying my favorite was Tom Segura. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty brutal. Some of the tweets he he put out there. But uh, well, you know, every comedian whose side they're going to be on in this whole thing. 100 percent. And they should be. Yeah. You don't did you don't get in, and this is the thing. If it wasn't fake, which I'm still, I'm still, I'm still up in the air. I saw a, a fighter post, and he had this like it was a perfect, and I even reposted it maybe on my Instagram story, but it was a perfect still frame of Will's hand back and Chris Rock leaning into it like you would in a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I think I trust fighters to know when a when a slap is fake more so than anyone else, right? But. But yeah, Tom Segura's take was uh, probably my favorite. But yeah, every stand-up comedian should be on his side. You don't get to just go up and smack somebody or assault somebody. I think assault's a weird word to use. It is assault because if Chris Rock wanted to press charges, he could. But yeah. you don't get to go up and smack somebody just because you didn't like something. Aw, did he hurt I your think feelings? There, I think there's a lot of factors that come into play here. So did you watch the lead-up to this like when Chris Rock actually told the joke? Did you watch the reactions from both of them? So well, Will, yeah, I've seen Will, it now. Will yeah. Smith was laughing the entire time. Even after the joke was told, Will Smith was laughing, and Jada did not like it from the get-go. She rolled her eyes as soon as he said it. So now the weird thing is, is that camera goes away and goes back to Chris Rock, and then all of a sudden, Will Smith gets up. So yeah, it was very weird. It... So, it, But... Will Smith had a smirk on his face the entire time, like walking up there. He, a- he, had, he had a smirk on his face. Then after he did it, he had a smirk on his face going back to his seat. And Chris Rock just, like everybody's saying, well, he was just extremely professional in this situation by just kind of rolling with it and keep going. But I feel like, I feel like he knew what was happening. Yeah, but he didn't keep going. He didn't do well. He didn't really... He kind of stammered in the moment a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which also doesn't matter. Who cares? Why? Okay. Another question. If you're that mad, why a, 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 why a slap? Why not a punch? Because he's a bitch. <laughs> he's a cuck. That's what cucks do. <clears throat> oh, man. Have you, ever, have you ever seen someone do that in real life in front of you? walk up to somebody and it doesn't even have to be a slap. It could be a punch. What kind of look do they have on their face? They have some sort of deceptive or deceiving look on their face to let the other person know, or to disguise from the other person to knowing that they're going to be smacked or hit. Yeah. Typical bitch move. Okay. So the other side of this, after the slap was done, why would security not immediately eject him from the place? And why would they still let him get up and receive an award and say his speech? Because it's a bunch of phony horseshit. And can I tell you who the biggest loser is of the, of the night? The biggest loser in that situation. And mm-hmm. I hate his guts now. Samuel L. Jackson. He couldn't have been more happy to dap up 
Will Smith. Dab up Will Smith. And let him know, like, ooh, good job. You got that, motherfucker. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, Samuel L. Jackson, <clears throat> you haven't been in a good movie, and I don't know God knows how long. You suck. You're not cool. Your Capital One commercials suck. You suck. I can't stand them. You know what? I just thought Fuck about him. this. Fucking loser. I haven't looked, but I would. I now I'm interested to go back on Twitter and look and see if Burt Kreischer has said anything. I, are you a fan of Burt Kreischer? I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I don't remember. Um... He's okay. I mean, sure. So, a can, lot. Can I just tell you what he did say about it? Yeah, go ahead. He, of course, used it as a platform to, yet again, talk about himself. Oh, did he really? He always, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, you know, I told him, uh, the, the, you know, I met Will Smith and he discovered me, and it was after my Rolling Stone article. It's like, fuck, we know, dude. We've but heard see, the story before. But see, that's talk about something else. But that's interesting, right? Be just, no, just, not. just. It is to me because he's caught caught in between here. He is a comedian. No, he's not. Yes, he he's is. He's not friends with Chris Rock. He's not friends with Will Smith. He's not caught in between. He's a comedian, and also, no one is ever going to walk up on stage and go after Burt Kreischer. He has nothing to worry about. It's, it's silly. It's silly. <laughs> okay. Come on. What do you think he's in the middle of? I, what, I, what sort I, of lover's quarrel do you think he's a part of right now? Just trying to pick a side here. Because like just a second ago, I said all the comedians, of course, are going to be on Chris Rock's side. But they should be. They should be. But Burt Kreischer, who part of his career was founded by Will Smith, that's interesting to to see whose side he's on. He should be on Chris Rock's side. And if he ever comes out and says he's not, that would be the worst thing he could do, and he won't. He won't. He won't say that. So something, he's, let, he's me, let me let me tell you. Let me, let me I ask don't remember you this. what he said, but in a negative way, does this affect either one of them, Will Smith or Chris Rock? In no their way. actual careers, does it negatively affect either one of them? I don't think so, because the initial reaction from everyone else outside of the stand-up comedy world—they were on Will Smith's side. I don't want to hear that fucking you got to stand up for your wife bullshit. There's a time to do that. There's tact. It's not, you don't, she, he embarrassed himself. Do you think your wife wants you to embarrass yourself in front of the world? Um, how is that? How is that standing up for your wife and your family? Well, I, we, the situation we're talking about now, she probably did. She sucks too, by the way. Fuck her. Yeah. I can't stand her too. Because that whole thing, it's like alopecia. You you came out, she made public statements like, I have alopecia, but I'm okay with being bald. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to be proud. If you're so proud, then does just she, fucking take Does she it. have any involvement, like any kind of foundations or anything like that that has to do with that? Oh, I'm sure she does. And the reason why I ask is because the next day it felt really weird when I started seeing articles about alopecia um, that had her picture as the face of it. You know who the real winner of all this is? Alopecia awareness. <laughs> I don't know if that's been said before, but I'm claiming it as my own right now. Well, I'm 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 not kidding. Like I, I understand that it's you know, it's not a good thing, but still, it just felt weird. Like the next day, seeing these articles about alopecia awareness with her as the the face of it. Like I wonder if we're going to see that she's either part of a foundation that has to do with sure it or something is. like that. Because if that's the case, like she benefits from this too. Of course. The whole the whole thing reeks entitlement. It's yeah. so phony. Like like I said, Samuel Jackson and Denzel like 
basically congratulating him for doing what he did on stage when he won. It's like, fuck you. You guys suck. Is like, there, is there, this has um, been swirling in my head for a lot since this happened. Is there something weird that could, that could help the industry somehow in making a separation between comedians and actors? What do you mean? Like an actor slaps a comedian on stage and like now all of the comedians are of course on Chris Rock's side. A bunch of the actors are now on Will Smith's side. Like is there some kind of benefit somewhere where we have this separation between actors and comedians? I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I just I'm wondering. I, I didn't I didn't know. I mean, I know that Chris Rock is considered a com- or an actor too. Correct. Been in some big movies. Yeah. But I don't know. I was just curious. That's fucking that's gusto, bro. Yeah. Don't 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 get it twisted. All right? It's <laughs> fucking pooky, all right? Yeah. Um I just thought it was uh, I also thought it was funny too because we said we halfway thought about recording after or like the next day, that night after that, but we ended up recording the night before. And both of us were pissed off the next morning. We talked to each other and we're like, man, I really wish we were recorded tonight instead. Yeah, it's okay. I'm talking about it now. Who cares? Yeah. I so yeah, dude, it's just it's entitlement, it's phony, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. And I've heard some people make some inter- at raise some interesting questions. Like, what if that was Will Smith smacking Ricky Gervais. See, I think there's something there too. Like there, it, it could, it had to be a certain person. It would have been received differently. One thousand yeah. percent. For sure. One thousand percent. Yeah. And I, and I'll tell you this, Hollywood and everyone in that room that is of skin tone, like yours and mine will never, ever, ever, ever speak out against the actor in a situation where it's Will Smith smacking another person of color they're always going to be on the actor's side they're always going to rally around because they're so woke and they're so involved with everything never never would they ever so it's it's and i don't care if he did it to ricky gervais i'd feel the same way you know you can't go up and just smack somebody because you don't like what they say like come on it's embarrassing and it happens it, it, it that goes for everyone you and I can't do that either. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I remember when I saw Greg Giraldo, uh, I saw him at the funny bone here. This is so long ago, but whole group of us went, they put us right by the stage. And I was like, he's going to roast us. Uh-huh. I know it. Yeah. And he fucking did. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, he was making jokes. Like you guys look like you're in a band and, uh, shit like that. He's like, but who's that ugly fucker in the back? Is that your bus driver? And uh, we were all laughing, and the guy, the, my friend's buddy who was with us, was in the back and did not look like he was in a van. Potentially could have been a bus driver, I guess. <laughs> and I think, I'm going to screw up the joke, but I think he said, the only people on earth that would fuck you are other bus drivers, or something like that. Can you imagine if that dude got up on stage and punched Greg Giraldo or smacked Greg Giraldo for that? You know? Yeah. I'm sure he didn't really like being the center of attention during that moment, basically being called ugly and only fuckable by other bus drivers. That probably wasn't a good moment for him, but he took it. He wore it like a champ. He laughed. We all laughed because it's jokes. Do you, you can't just assault people? I am going to use the word assault now, but, and believe me, this dude that was with us was a big guy. 
Yeah. Big guy. He could fuck Greg Giraldo up. He could have fucked Greg Giraldo up. But yeah, there's got to be. Uh, I mean, if you there's comedians out there that will tell stories, especially like in their younger days, where they've had situations like that, or where they were they yeah. literally had to be walked out with someone else because they were they heard or were afraid that somebody in the crowd was waiting out back for them when they got out. The most infamous one is the Jim Jeffries one, right? It's got to be. Oh, about the shooter situation. Yeah, when he the yeah, dude yeah. just ran up on stage and punched him. Jim Jeffries didn't press charges. You know? Yeah, but I was just talking to him, to, uh, not talking to him, uh, listening to him on, was it Andrew Santino's podcast, The Whiskey Ginger? Or no, the, mm-hmm. the, the was it called, that was it called? No. What's his show yeah. called? Whiskey, Whiskey Ginger? Ginger. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was on there talking about that. I'm pretty sure they he canceled. I thought he canceled a show in Texas because of that situation. I think he did. I mean, yeah, that was that was a big moment. That was a huge moment for yeah. him, negatively and positively, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, well, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that that wasn't like Hollywood shit. That was yeah. an angry person yeah. storming the stage and punching him. Yeah. You know, um, I saw him probably a couple months after that. And he talked about it and it was funny. He made he made I mean, it, if anything, it helped his act. But. Yeah, the whole thing again. It's just, it's, it's just typical of what Hollywood is and all this bullshit is, man. It's just not for me. So I don't watch the Oscars. I mean, it gave us something to talk about, and I do. I am on Chris Rock's side because at the end of the day, it, it was such a, it was a bad joke too. It wasn't even a good joke. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh well. Speaking of something else funny. And I mean, and I mean this with the most respect as we talk about this. What did you think of the Machine Gun Kelly cover of Aerials by System of a Down? How far into it did you get? Did you watch the whole thing? I I don't know if I watched the whole thing. I probably got about halfway through. In the beginning of it, I kind of thought, okay, he's he's got like he, this is going to be his style of doing this, and well, it may not be absolutely terrible. And then he proved me wrong. <laughs> it became absolutely terrible. But before you move on, I have to question, is this as bad as uh, Wes's from no. Puddle of Mud? No. Okay. No. Okay. No, it's not as bad. And I've heard people <laughs> compare the two. No, it's not as bad as Puddle of Mud covering Nirvana. No. That was, that was a case of homeboy can't sing right now. Something was wrong. Yeah. Um, with Machine Gun Kelly... It wasn't good, no. But but also, here's my my point of view on it. As a vocalist, myself, I would never in a million years cover System of a Down. It's just not that guy's vocals. They're not complex, and I personally can do them. I would just never do it. He's got his own thing. Yeah. And when you have a singer that has their own thing, you shouldn't cover that. Cover it, even if you try to make it your own thing, which is what Machine Gun Kelly tried to do, but not the right song. It's just, um, yeah, dude, it was not good. But the other thing that bothered me about it, well, first of all, no one in the history of the Howard Stern show that is a musical artist has sounded good performing on that show. The only person that's ever sounded good is Dave Grohl. Everyone else sounds bad. I don't know who does their engineering there. I don't know what 
I'll say, do you think do you think it's an engineering thing or? Well, Machine Gun Kelly in Machine Gun Kelly's case, no, he picked a bad song to sing. Yeah, he was not good. But the band didn't sound that great either. Um, but yeah, I've seen you know, Metallica sounded bad on Howard Stern. Stone Temple Pilots sounded bad. Fucking the Chili Peppers just did Howard Stern. They didn't sound bad, but they didn't sound great. And it wasn't. And I'm saying the sound. I'm not saying them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway. So, strike one, you already got that going against you. Number two, they did this industry thing, which I, f- it's bad. It, it's, and it's only bad to the internet and people like me who know it's a lie. But they said, we've never played this song before. Oh, Meaning right. this is the first time we're yeah. going to attempt this. Yeah, you're going to go on Howard okay. Stern and do this for the first time. You're out of your mind. It's the first time you're going to attempt it. But yet, your guitar player magically knew what harmonies to sing. <laughs> is he a wizard (laughs) how did he know to do that how did he know that you were gonna bail on those notes you know yeah so that's number two and then number three again it's just a bad song to cover i would never cover system of the down so i'll tell you a quick story so can i can i ask you a real 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 quick question um as far i'm ignorant when it comes to howard stern i mean i've listened to it some but not his show some not a whole lot but like is it a thing for bands to cover songs and not do their own music when they go on Stern? I, that I don't. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he had Miley Cyrus on. She did all those covers. I just think I just think that it gives it gives the person the moment. Well, look, cover, cover songs are good for this reason. If you're trying to garner attention from new people and gain new fans, if you cover a song that they know, and you do it well, it works in your benefit. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's why you... That's why someone as famous as Machine Gun Kelly would cover a song on Howard Stern. Howard Stern notoriously was known back in the day, not anymore, for breaking bands. Right? Or, yeah, breaking bands. I mean, who's... Uh, was it... Oh, fuck. Uh, Soul Coughing, I believe, is the band that he had on who they performed. What was the band name? Don't don't piss me off. Soul coughing. So I've no I've, nev- up I've never you in my life heard that songs. name. Yes, yes, you would. Okay. <laughs> How do you do this? Hold on. Soul coughing. Is that what you said? Yes. yes. Okay. Super Bon Bon. You know the song Super Bon Bon. Maybe. Anyway, I believe it was Howard Stern that when they performed live on that show and it really like broke the band. Okay. It kind of blew up because of it. Anyway, okay. I think going into it, Machine Gun Kelly knows, like, I'm a rock artist now. This is Howard Stern. I should cover a rock song, a rock song that people will know to prove that I'm rock and roll. Not the best choice, right? Yeah, right. You know the song Super Bon Bon. I'm actually <laughs> boiling. Like, my blood is boiling <laughs> right now. So let me tell you a quick – what did you ask me? What was my answer? Uh, about if they the soul do, if thing if, just has me so pissed. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. What did you ask me about if bands are known for going on there and doing oh, yeah, covers yeah, yeah. or if I, I doing mean, I, maybe, okay. maybe, um, I want to say Metallica did a bunch of covers on Howard Stern too, but nonetheless, but they had a cover album. So that makes, that would make sense anyway. So I'll tell you a quick story. So like the first time that I ever worked with a real producer and I'm using air quotes there 
And he is. I don't I want to sell this guy short. He's really good. And the reason that the band I was in at the time, the reason we went to this guy to record our EP is because he had recorded bands that we looked up to and like really liked. Okay. Most of them were like metalcore bands or metal bands, but, and we were not, but we really respected the fact that he was the guy. And he also recorded some like really then popular musicians in his area. He was in Cleveland. So musicians in his area and artists in his area. Machine Gun Kelly, for instance. That's where I met Machine Gun Kelly. But so okay. when I went to this, when I went to this studio experience and it was time to do vocals, he pulled me out. He kind of sent everyone out of the room and he sat down with me and he goes, look, and we sent him a demo of the songs we potentially wanted to record. And he said, you know, I, I want to let you know, like, I really like a lot of your ideas. But he goes, how aware are you of your own tone? And I was like, come again. This is before I've ever taken vocal lessons. This is, you know, I'm, I'm fine. But this is what really inspired me to take vocal lessons is I just wanted to know what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I improve? But he goes, what do you know about your own tone? And I go, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how to answer this question. He goes, I think you need to discover your own tone. And hopefully, and he's like, look, everything you have is good. And he's like, I'm not saying you're, you are bad. Or it is bad, but he's like, I really hope that with these songs, through this experience, we can discover what your tone is. So, does he he's think like, you were you were doing things out of your own range, kind of? No, or he no, could, or he, he could help you find your had, range. No, it, it's not a range thing. Okay, it's a it's a it's a character thing. It's like it's like a it's a feeling. Okay, it's just it's it's hard to explain. But here's how he explained it to me. Okay, he went to YouTube and he started pulling up raw vocal tracks of popular artists or famous artists so no music just what they did in the studio with their vocals surge from system and the song aerials was one of the ones that he played for me i don't know if it was the first one actually yes it was the first one we also did kurt cobain when he did uh maybe heart shaped box uh he did amy lee from evanescence and he was like trying to explain to me this is what tone is but Surge from System was the first one he played for me. And we probably listened to that five times in a row, just his vocals. He's like, that's what you need to find. You might not find it while you're here, and that's totally fine. We're going to make you sound good. It's, it's going to sound good. But So that was the example he used. And believe me, I'm never going to forget that. And it's why I'm saying I would never cover that guy. Yeah, He's got his own thing. It's just hard to do. Now, again, really good singers can can hit the notes and they can nail it and it can sound good but it's not surge you know yeah chester from lincoln park is the same way i would never in a million years cover a lincoln park song ironically enough machine gun kelly has done that as well and people really shit on it yeah who's another one the original singer of three days grace you actually just posted that record At, yeah adam guy starts now yep that's a great fucking record yeah. because of that guy, yeah. that guy's his voice. It's just hard to mimic. He's got his own thing. He's got his own tone. He's got his, it's, it's do that sometime. If you're bored, go to YouTube and maybe cause you like that record. See if you can find isolated vocal tracks from that record. And you'll be like, Holy shit. It's, it's really interesting to do. And, and here, uh, especially when you're dealing with someone who is, you know, notoriously known for having a really good sort of their own thing 
think Eddie Vedder is another one we listen to. He's a good one. But so I think Machine Gun Kelly was just sunk from the beginning. I just think it was a bad choice. And I'm not shitting on the guy. I, I tweeted, uh, you know, when it when it came out, I just said, I've seen this guy. I've heard and seen this guy sing live and I've heard and seen him sing well. This was just a bad cover choice. Bad cover choice. What do you put yourself in Serge's shoes and look at this? How do you look at that? Do you just go yikes and walk away and and that's it? Like he he messed that up. That's not me, kind of thing. Or how do you how do you look at that? I don't think he thinks twice about it. I think he just goes, "Oh, cool, a famous you know a famous artist covering us." I, I, I do they have to get? I, I can tell have, you what. If I was him, I'd be humbled by it in a sense. Does he? Did Machine Gun Kelly have to get? Um, permission from Serge's crew no. to do a cover like that? They don't? Uh, hmm. No. Not to play it live, no. I mean, if you wanted to uh, record it and put it on an album, that would be different. But no. I can play anybody's song wherever, whenever you want. If it's live, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's just a bad cover choice. And he seems to be not good at choosing covers because he did numb by Linkin Park. And again, that's a, that's not a good song to cover no matter who you are. Yeah. But it was right after Chester died and he was on tour with them. So I get why he did it. There's a, there's a a thing there and that, and that's why, again, in that moment when I saw people shitting on him, like, Hey guys, come on. Chester just died. He, he formed some sort of a bond and relationship with he and that band, like give the guy a fucking break, you know? Yeah, I actually, I'm glad you brought up Linkin Park because I have two questions. First question is, did you did you ever see the video? Can't remember what the show was called. Some kind of karaoke show where it had him and Mike Shinoda and maybe Mr. Hahn um, in the car. Carpool karaoke. Yeah, is that it? With uh, what's the guy's name? Kim Jong. No. Uh, isn't that his name? What? Ken Jong. Yeah. The comedian yes. slash actor. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it originally started, it was James Corden's thing. Okay. And there are a few viral versions of that, like when he was with the Chili Peppers and Foo Fighters. I don't know why Linkin Park did it with Ken Jung. I don't know why. I'm not sure. I've it was pretty funny. pieces of it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's but. pretty funny. I was just curious if you'd ever watched it because I it's it's it, it's fun to see Chester, like be Chester in, just doing a karaoke version of his own song. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'll give you a, 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 an even better example other than myself, because fuck me. No one cares about me. When Chester was in Stone Temple Pilots, when I saw them live, I was really into it. But even in the moment, I was thinking, man, Chester's really good and he's pulling this off. But Scott Weiland is another one. It's just he's got his own thing. It's, you know, and Chester did great. Don't get me wrong. And I was into it. And oddly enough, the fucking festival I was at, watching them perform with Chester. People were on their phones fucking off. I was like, do you guys know wow. what you're witnessing? You're a bunch right. of assholes. Like, <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. Fucking Stone Temple Pilots with Chester from Lincoln Park. Anyway. Do you, he, do, you, you know, do, do you think that Stone Temple Pilots should have just died with Scott Weiland? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, there's no, some, there's some there's got to be some bands out there, though, right, that have moved on that they probably shouldn't have. That should have moved on or shouldn't have moved on? Like that shouldn't have kept the band going after either the lead singer has died or the lead singer left the band or something like that. 
ACDC would beg to differ. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. Let me think of some. Who are some? I mean, uh, an example I can give you, uh, my personal opinion is Three Days Grace. I would agree. I don't think they should, and, and especially because I think when that new singer came in, he tried to sound like Adam. Instead of doing his own thing, he tried to sound like Adam for a, a few albums, and I don't think it worked well, for me at least. I think on record it it, it, it did okay, but live, yeah. I saw them play live, not in person, but I watched their performance from maybe Rock and Ring a couple years ago. And the song, so like the song, I hate everything about you, right? Mm -hmm. Probably still their most well-known song. That it was, has to be. That was right? probably their breakout song, right? Was their breakout song for sure? Yeah, but they had so many other radio hits after yeah, that, for sure. But I, I still think it's their most well-known song. You got to be able to pull that off. Yeah, in a way that you make the crowd feel okay. You know, this is the guy. Yeah. And he just, you know, it's fine. I'm not saying it was bad. It's just, again, you're, 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 <laughs> you're singing a guy's songs who just had his own, his own thing. So, well, also if you knew the guy like before, I mean, he was the lead singer of uh, what was the band? Porn star dancing. That was right? the, that was the song that they, the yeah. big song they had. But I mean, wh why would what is that band called? Starts with an M. I can tell you who it's not. It's not Soul Coughing. You <laughs> schmuck. Um, what is the name of that band? I'm looking it up. My Darkest Days. My Darkest Days. That's a terrible band name. God, that bothers me. <laughs> he was the lead singer in that band? Yeah. Who's he a brother of? Uh, somebody. Is he someone's brother? Uh, I thought it was a brother or cousin to somebody in Three Days Grace, and that's where the connection was. C a cousin? I thought. I could be wrong. Matt Waltz is his name, I think. Brother. Walst. Walst. They were discovered by Chad Kroger of Nickelback, who signed them to his record label, 604 Records. They are best known for their 2010 single, God, That Was That Long Ago, Porn Star Dancing. Here's some, here's some names for you. In, in June 2010, the band, went on, the band went on tour with Sick Puppies and Janice. Remember Janice? I love Janice. I actually became pretty close with their drummer and we lost touch. I'm kind of upset about that. You should uh, get back in touch with them. I know. I really should. Because um, we played a couple of shows with them and then we just kind of... Yeah, that, I, that was a band that... W I mean, are they still around? I, I, You know what? I want to say they are. I think I saw something about them being new, but I could be making that up. I haven't seen that name in a long time. They were big for a minute. That I mean, eyesore and yeah, I mean on rock radio, yeah, they were yeah they were doing some things. They played Point Fest, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I played before right before them on Point Fest. I oh, say. really? Yeah, yeah, we played. Maybe I can tell you this story. No, maybe I shouldn't. Ah, fuck it, I will. We played with them, so we did. It was a. Uh, so should I tell this story? Yeah, I'll tell it. So Jeff from the point used to do a concert for Crohn's because he has yeah. Crohn's disease. Correct. And one of the years he did it, we got asked to play it. It was us, Janice and cage the elephant. 
and then two bands that were on tour with Cage the Elephant. So a really weird lineup. And we were still very new as a band, and we probably shouldn't have been on the show. I say this a lot. I think you've heard me say this a lot. Probably shouldn't have been on the show. But we actually did really well because we played. So we we so here's how this night went. Damn it. I, I'm gonna just going to tell the story. Fuck it. Here's how this night went. I don't give a fuck. Fuck Cage the Elephant. So we were under the impression, and, and it was like this when it was booked, because Jeff knew who we were and liked us enough to put us on the show. But we were under the impression that we were going to play third. So Cage the Elephant's two touring bands were going to open the show. Well, when they all got there, Cage the Elephant's road manager threw a fucking fit. And, and pretty much we got called up to the office at Pops. Like it was like a big deal. Pretty much saying like, are these bands are not going to open for a local band. They're not. Like those were the words used. Now, keep in mind, I'm keeping my cool. Like it was just, we're, we're lucky to be there. We're lucky to be on the show because it was sold out. Pops was full. It going to be full. So I'm not, none of us are raising a stink, but we were like, you know, we said to someone we're like, hey, we were under the impression, you know, we have people coming later. We're a local band, sure, but we have people coming. They were under the impression we were playing later. And, you know, oh, that's not our problem, essentially. Now, Jeff's not saying this. Uh, Pops isn't saying this. The tour manager is basically saying that. So we're fine. It's fine. Whatever. You know, um, Jeff was very cool about it. Pops was very cool about it. Cage the Elephant and their crew, not so much. Fine. We'll play. We'll open the show. Not a big deal. And we did. And it was packed. And we did fine. We did well. So the two low, the two touring bands play, then it's Janice, and then it's Cage the Elephant closing the show. Well, or no. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So what happens is, one of the touring bands, one of the guitar players grabs one of Janice's guitars, changes the tuning, changes the tuning, and then uses it on stage. Okay. I feel Hold like on. that's a major no-no. Oh, it's, ter- it's terrible. It's the douchiest thing you could do. Janice finds out about this, obviously, uh-huh. once they're on stage and the guitar is out of tune. Ooh. Yeah. Needless to say, they were not happy. Um. And they were not as nice as we were. They went up to everyone and said, listen, motherfuckers, you touch any of our shit again, there's going to be a problem. And a couple of the members of Cage the Elephant took exception to this because these were their touring bands or the bands they were on tour with. And they got mouthy with Janice. Now, I want to paint a picture here. Okay. I think I've already got it painted, but I want to to see it on your canvas. I want to paint a picture for our (laughs) listeners real quick. The average height of Janice is probably we'll, we'll be generous and say six feet. Okay. 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 The average okay. weight in Janice is probably two hundred. Okay. 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 The average height in Cage the Elephant probably five six. The average weight in Cage the Elephant probably about a buck forty. <laughs> this was a bad idea on Cage the Elephant's part. Now, keep in mind, but all, we're back but, there. But we're also, but also the picture that I've got in my head is you have three bands versus Janice. Two bands. Two? two? Bands. Oh, well, yeah, three, three. Because there was two with Janice, right? Even, I mean, with uh, KG Elephant. 
even with all three of those ba- bands being wet and wearing boots, they don't outweigh <laughs> Janice. They're not going to do anything. And also Janice, they're kind of like a uh, heavier band, you know. Anyway, I'm just trying to paint a picture here of like you have rough dudes versus hipsters, if okay. you will. Okay. And we're back there. We're watching this go down and we're like, fuck it. So what I did and what we did, the drummer of my band, we grabbed everyone in our crew and said, get the fuck out of here. And we just bolted because we didn't want to be known as the fucking local band who got in a fight. No, 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 no. So we, we, we removed ourselves from the situation, but we essentially watch two of the members of Janice fuck up six. Oh, they actually threw down. In a sense, yes. In a sense, yes. It was it was really sort of well, yeah. I mean, they did. This was okay. This was at Pops. That's why I wasn't sure if I should tell the story, but fuck it. This was at. I'm Pops. gonna reach out to the dude. I'm gonna reach out to the drummer of Janice after we're done. I miss that guy. Anyway, go on. What? But this was at Pops. It was. It and was. where did where did this all happen at? In there's the not much parking lot. Oh, okay, okay. It's like there's not much of a backstage, right? It's basically just a room. So you have your backstage room and then you have doors that go out to the back. That's where it happened. Okay. Um, why did I tell that story? <laughs> we I got way off topic of cover songs, but so anyway, yeah. I miss Janice. I miss the drummer. His name's Johnny. He's a good dude. Yeah. Maybe you could get him on the show and he'll tell us, tell us that story that you just told us. I don't, he probably or doesn't him. want that story being out there, <laughs> but actually they, they're the guy kind of guys that probably don't give a shit, but yeah, so it was that was a it was a fun night, but a strange night, a frustrating night, but it's fun. And um, were the other two bands of note? Like, are they anybody? No. no, no. Okay, maybe in some sort of scene somewhere, but no. I mean, if I I don't remember their names, I could probably find the flyer. Do I have a flyer up here? No, I could probably find the flyer and and tell you. But actually, let me do that. That'll be a fun fun test here. Well, I mean. Looking back on it now, do you agree with how they changed the lineup, or do you think, not because of what you how you thought it was going to go, but do you think, just from the standpoint of being on the outside looking in, do you think that you guys should have went first, or do you think you should have been third? Oh no, we definitely should have been first. Okay, based on what we had accomplished up to that point. (laughs) But. The problem is, is like they were running promos for this pretty heavy. And Jeff was saying things like also on the bill, badass, you know, badass local band, killer me, killer you. Nice. So we're we're like, this is fucking cool. Like we're on radio commercials and like our music's on radio commercials. So it's very. In the moment, you're like, fuck, I wanted to play third, but no, we didn't didn't deserve to be playing third. I feel like Jeff, Jeff Burton and those guys are as cool as they seem when they're on the radio on the radio. Uh, yeah. Again, see, I don't want to like speak out of turn about. Well, I mean, didn't, didn't, uh, well, yeah, but like, didn't, um, so like Jeff and Riz, didn't they help break out Brook Royal? Cause, oh. cause they're even on a track on their, uh, Riz and Jeff are on a track on a Brook Royal album. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. What? what it's kind of, really? it's a, it's a hidden track. Yeah. It's Rizzuto and Jeff? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yep. What song? I Well, I mean, it's 
like they're not in a song there. It's a part of a hidden track. Like, you know how on some oh, albums yeah. it'll play and it's just quiet forever. And then all of a sudden something will pop up. People will start talking or it'll be a random song. Well, it's, it's them two doing some kind of small promo type of deal. Got it. Yeah. Here. So, you know what? I just found the flyer for this second annual one of five, seven, the point presents second annual concert for Crohn's cage, the elephant, Janice, killer me, killer you. We're on the flyer. The other two bands aren't even listed. Oh, really? So wow. I couldn't tell you. Well, let me see if it's in the. Let me see if it's in the pops posting. That's nope, crazy. Never mind. That page is dead. <laughs> Man, this is taking me back. Two thousand nine. Shit. Fuck. Uh. Yeah. So I don't know who they. I don't know who it is. And it, <laughs> if you, I'm looking at the photos. The the photos used for Janice and the photos used for KGL. And it's like I painted a pretty good picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, what was your question? Did they break Brook Royal? I mean, I they definitely helped. Definitely helped. I mean, to be honest with you, Woody and Rizzuto played our song on their show, mm-hmm. and I mean, it fucking the numbers that we saw on social media and everything just fucking skyrocketed after that. That's awesome. I just they played, I, our, I guess they I, played our terrible cover of Whatever You Like by Tia. <laughs> Which still to this day, I mean that the video of us playing that at Point Fest, I think has like over thirty thousand views now on YouTube, I think. I'd say at least a hundred of them are mine, probably. That's I've sad watched it a lot. So many, it's sad <laughs> on so many levels, I can't even tell you. Uh, All right. We should move on from that quickly. Yeah. Do you want to so, talk? Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, nonetheless, the moral of this story is Machine Gun Kelly picked a bad song and Cage the Elephant picked a fight with the wrong band. There we go. Those are the lessons to be learned here. Gotcha. What were you about to say? Well, I was going to transition. Do you want to? Uh, I honestly, I didn't watch the fights last night. Did you watch the fights last night? You did. I did. Um, I don't even. I didn't even see. Besides the text that you sent me, telling me that Sterling had won, I believe. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know who won anything. So, what actually happened last night? Volkanovski dominated Korean Zombie. Oh, really? Uh, stopped him in the fourth. I mean, it was they. Herb Dean stopped the fight while Korean Zombie was still on his feet. It shouldn't have been a fourth round, but they let him go out there, and, and you could tell Herb was going to stop it. He's like, if you get hit one more time, I'm stop it. Volkanovski looked fucking incredible. That dude's a beast. I yeah. still want to see him fight Holloway again because I don't think he beat Holloway in either of the fights. I say that with the utmost respect. So I want to see that fight booked again. Dana didn't seem to think it was going to happen. He's kind of weighing the options there. Um, Sterling won by split decision. I think a lot of people thought Jan won, should have won by split decision. It could have gone 3-2 either way. You know, Sterling definitely won two rounds because he had his back for the majority of the rounds and was, excuse me, trying to submit him. Good for him. I think he proved like, okay, I can compete with Jan. I'm a real champion. He wants to fight. He called out Dillashaw. Dillashaw was in the crowd. That's probably going to be the next fight for him. And then obviously if he wins, he'll fight Jan for a third time. Hamzat beat Gilbert Burns by unanimous decision, which I think is total bullshit. It was fight of the night. It was a back and forth battle. I don't see how it was a unanimous decision. I really think they're pumping this guy up. Dude, is there, really think, he is a shit talker of all shit talkers, isn't he? I'm not a fan. 
I'm not a fan of the guy. I think he's good, but I'm not a fan. But they want him to fight Colby next, which I think would be great. And I think that's what they've wanted all along because I think they want Colby to talk shit about Russia, even though he's totally ignorant to where comes out is from. So, but I want to see it happen. <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show. And I can't wait if it does get booked. So he won. Uh, who else was on the main car? Um, whoa. I've already. Mark Madsen won and then Mackenzie Dern won. Okay. So it was, overall, it was a pretty good card. I didn't, I didn't get to see the prelims. I was at a, a diaper party. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I'm pissed that I missed the, the Triple G fight. I forgot that it was in Japan. So it happened at like 11 in the morning yesterday, our time or whatever. Yeah. I totally missed it. Did he win? He won. Okay. Yeah, he, won. he won by ninth round TKO. The beast, 40 years old. Just crazy. Ageless wonder. Yeah. Seeing that a lot in boxing these days, I feel. Guys getting older and still being able to compete. You didn't see that a lot when I was a kid. Older guys still being able to compete on a world-class level. It seems like you see it more. So what do, you th- what do you think has changed? I don't know. It's a good question. Athletic, think, athletic ability, maybe? Think about that. Huh? Athletic ability, maybe, or like training maybe isn't? I think that's two, two, two huge factors. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also think it's just different DNA. And I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful about, because believe me, my favorite fighter of all time is Roy Jones Jr. or Evander Holyfield. And both of those guys are freaks athletically and, you know, skill wise. I just think it's, I just think like when you got a guy like Triple G, like you got these guys that come from places like Russia and, and, you know, it's just a different, I don't know, it's weird. You see that in UFC now too. I mean, look at all the guys that are dominating in the UFC that are Russian, you know. I just think they're cut from a different – and I'm not saying they're tougher. That's not what I'm saying. I just think it's different. But also I think it's the way you train, you having access to different training methods. I think people have figured out how to spar and not get hurt now or get hurt less. Do you imagine sparring with Evander Holyfield back in the day? Jesus. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I mean, but even for him, a lot of the guys – I mean, he wasn't a big guy for heavy. You know, people have accused him of steroids. He's probably juicy if you look at his build. Yeah. But like he was small for a heavyweight. So imagine the guys they're bringing in to help him prepare to fight Riddick Bow. Monsters. Yeah. You know, so that's got to be a nightmare for him, too. So I just think it's it's changing that way. But uh, fun to watch. Speaking of Evander, did you see so you know that Mike Tyson has that weed company? Mm-hmm. That's probably a basic way to say that, but that weed company. Did you see what they just put out recently? They put out no. uh, gummies in the form, in the shape of a bitten ear. Smart marketing move. Yeah, I think it was. Ba- I, I think it was for the anniversary of that happening. I can't hate. I would be hating if that had happened and he had won that fight. Yeah, as an Evander fan, because I was. So rooting for Evander in those fights. By the way, that first Evander Holyfield-Mike Tyson fight, I don't think that gets enough credit as being one of the best fights in the history of combat sports. It's often forgotten. I think it's because people often use this excuse like, well, it's Mike Tyson. After he was in jail, he's not. he wasn't the same guy. We wish they had fought. And there's even a documentary about this, but we wish they had fought before, you know, 
when it was supposed to happen. They were booked to fight, and then Mike Tyson, uh, the fight fell through. He fights Buster Douglas. Then he goes to jail, and they never get to fight. But that's still, that first fight, that's, fuck. The first punch that Mike Tyson throws almost knocks out <laughs> Evander Holyfield. Like, it rocks him. The very first punch. Yeah. And I remember in the moment thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> Go back and watch that, dude. It, I'm going to have to. Same fight. Anyway, I miss those days. Those fights were so fun. When, like, if you had HBO, there would just be these monsters fighting on HBO. You didn't have to buy pay per views. And there's still pay per view, but I watched George Foreman knock out Michael, you know, Michael Moore on HBO with my dad. Like, was your, was your dad into boxing? Yeah, he's the one that got me into boxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it, but not like super fan level. I became a super fan, but he exposed me to it for sure. I, I think I think I think like dad, I think this might be weird, but like, I think for dads from that era, dabbled Boomers. in dabbled in different sports like that. Like they they like to sit down and watch it, but weren't like super fans of stuff like we, like we are now. Yeah, I also think they were they respected guys and to a level because the you got to think like we're watching george foreman george foreman is my dad's age yeah so he was you know what i mean yeah boomers are like my dad's a boomer so boomers definitely had that like just that respect level of like we're gonna sit down and it would be the same thing like if there were you know i remember when when he you know he would take me to cardinals games he's like we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch ozzy it was all about ozzy right wasn't necessarily about the cardinals it was about ozzy yeah. Like we're watching greatness, that that type of thing. Like he had respect for individuals, even in team sports, more so than it was just like, I'm a super fan of the team or I'm a super fan of the sport. He was like that with boxing. Like I remember that. That build the he was like, We've got to watch George Foreman fight. Yeah. Because he just had respect. I, th- I think Ozzy Smith threw the first pitch at opening day, didn't he? I think he threw it to Willie McGee. This year? Yeah. I didn't see. I didn't watch. I think so. I mean, I w- I was watching the game. But I didn't see the the pitch. But gotcha. Oh, let me ask you this. I mean, I know. Okay, so something we haven't talked about is the pull holes situation and him coming back to St. Louis. I want to know what your opinion is, and I also want to know what your parents' opinion is because your parents have been are major Cardinals fans. My opinion is that it's good for he and the the fans. To have that nostalgic moment to start and then to be able to say goodbye to him here in St. Louis rather than somewhere else. Yeah. From a baseball strategy perspective, <laughs> it's probably not the best signing, but he's not going to be in the lineup every day. So it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. I, I think they'll use him. I think he'll they'll use him to the point where it won't hurt the team. But if they do, then it was, it's a bad idea. Yeah. We'll see. I know nothing about their manager. Yeah, I don't either. I know nothing about him. I don't know how he's going to approach. I don't even know how he's going to approach the team and, and the lineup he has. But uh, I think my parents were happy about pools. I, can't, I, I haven't talked to him about it. So well, the, reason I, I, the reason why I ask is, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, pretty much said good riddance whenever pool holes left. Mm. Which they're not taking into account that the Cardinals weren't doing anything to keep him here, and he went for that no. money, and anybody yeah. else would have done the same exact thing. 
let me just say this. I got receipts. I got receipts of the people that talk shit when he <laughs> left and called him a traitor. And I saw you little bitches on Twitter crying at like, oh, I can't believe he's back. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> no, I got receipts. I got a good memory. Then you need to stop. And all you people who did it, you know who you are. If you talk shit, talk shit now. Right. Fuckers. I said, good. Go get the money. Take care yeah. of your family. Yeah. Did you know he's getting divorced? Yeah, that's a weird. Someone situation. brought it up on opening day, and I was kind of. I, I I think it to a point I was like, guys, why are we talking about this? That happens. Yeah, but the story was more was bigger because she just okay, had what am I missing? she just had brain surgery, <gasps> and he did it like right after. But, he filed. I thought she filed. No, he did. And mm. so, but his stance on it is basically, guys, this doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of people I are guess. a lot of people are looking at it saying, well, he decided he was going to come back to St. Louis and she didn't like it, so he divorced her. Like, it's really, come yeah, who, on. What, that's, not how the, that's not how things work. <laughs> I heard she didn't want to move back to St. Louis, and that's why. She likes that California weather. <laughs> Assholes. A bunch of fucking re- Yeah. Like, oh, my um, I don't like the weather in St. Louis. The weather does suck here. It does I'd rather suck be in here. California that, too. It, it may but be if you good. gave me millions of dollars to come to this shithole, I'm going to. Yeah. Good for him. Well, I'm not not about the divorce. Jesus. Well, I didn't know all that. That sucks. I didn't even know she had brain surgery. This is how out of the loop I am. Yeah. People get upset at me that I'm I'm not more informed on the Cardinals these days, and I apologize. Well, I got my own team to worry about. I, yeah, I treaded lightly on it because I I didn't want to ask many major questions about it because I know that Cardinals isn't really the team that you follow. No, I do. I really do. And I used to follow them more than I have lately. Can I tell you something? The Mike Matheny era of the Cardinals really I get I still got a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I really yeah. couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand a lot of the players on that team. I couldn't stand. Well, let me just say this, and I'm good. We're going to get crucified for this, but I'm going to say it. St. Louis Cardinal fans are some of the most entitled, spoiled brats in all of professional sports when it comes to fan bases. And why do you think that? Because we're the best fans in baseball. This is baseball country or whatever it's called. It's we don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything. You don't deserve big signings. The team will give it to you if they want to. Okay. They think they're entitled to more. Like, we're not the Yankees. We're not. So we're really talking about money here when you when you say no, this. No, we're talking about how the fans think that everything should be done the cardinal way. You know? Okay. The fact that here's the here's where here's what bothers me. And I've I've heard about this, but again, I don't know how true it is because who am I? What I heard before Dexter Fowler signed with the Cardinals. He was taken out to dinner by Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee, and they had a discussion about how black players were treated in St. Louis. Right? Okay. And the reason for that was is Dexter Fowler and his family were a little bit concerned. They had heard stories about black players playing here and how they were treated, like Ozzie Smith. Right? So, like, you know, name, name names. I mean, so... Well, I'm, I'm thinking. Wanted- I'm just thinking. Was it? I, again, we say this all the time, but wasn't it a different time? If we're talking about Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee, 
Yeah, but you got to think about it this way. When they played, there were far more black players playing in baseball, in, the, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Than there are now. Yeah. There's something true. to think about. If I'm Dexter Fowler, I'm definitely thinking about it. Yeah. But are we, but are we talking like they were treated differently by like management or by the fans? The, fans, the fan base, management. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. We're not known as the most liberal city. Yeah, I know. Very racially segregated. Yeah. Very historically famous for being racially segregated. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame him for wanting to know. I yeah. don't. I don't. That's the entitlement I'm talking about. And then it's just the overall approach. But I'm blowing hot air out of my ass. People are going to be <laughs> mad at me. Fine. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> what were we talking about before that? I don't know. Um, I do I want hated on Cardinal fans. I do want to get into this whole boxing match though with what? Don't what me. <laughs> what boxing match? <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Hang on. Well, who's the guy? Who's the guy he is uh, boxing against? Hang on. He's Dude. fighting someone. Yeah, on a helipad Why? in Dubai. What? Dangerous Don Moore. I heard he's got a St. Louis connection somehow too. this dangerous don moore who's that i don't know um he's been undefeated since 99 but he's only had 18 fights since 99 that seems kind of crazy um but here's what's really interesting is they're selling this in nfts oh my (laughs) i hate the world i give up on so much Let's see. I don't so, know who dangerous Don Moore. I don't know. So well, maybe, he's on box rec. Says Gary Indiana's dangerous Don Moore hasn't lost a fight since turning professional in '99. He's from Gary, Indiana. And his he was trained by Mayweather's uncle, Roger Mayweather. Mm, interesting. So I guess there's a little bit of a connection there. He looks 75 years old in this photo I just found. Why are these two old men fighting, and why are we excited about it? Are you excited about this? Not really. I'm not excited about Mayweather fighting anymore. I never was. In general. Um, So, but, so Anderson Silva's fighting on this card too, and I'm trying to figure out, so he's not fighting, but Anderson Silva's on it. Yeah, but is is he fighting Badu Jack or not? No, he's not. I don't know. That's a bad idea. That no, name not. is popping up. Let's see here. Well, maybe it's not a bad idea. He did beat Julio Cesar, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So maybe he's not fighting Body Jack. There's no way. No way. See, this is, this is from Badu Jack. I'm glad to be back in my second home of Dubai to fight in front of all the fans there once again and put on another great performance. Dubai is becoming the new fight capital of the world, and events like this featuring Mayweather keep it spectacular. I think he is, man. In the story I just pulled up, UFC legend Anderson Silva will look to continue building on his boxing momentum on the event. Doesn't say against who, though. Silva has defeated Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. via decision and Tito Ortiz via knockout since his UFC career came to an end. Badu Jack is also expected to take part in the event but it doesn't say against two. Okay. Well, I don't think, there's no way that Anderson's fighting Bobby Jack. That would be nuts. <laughs> that would be crazy. Dude, that would be crazy. But I mean, well, he did fight fucking, I don't know. That's crazy. 
That can't be real. <laughs> so this is an exhibition. Well, yeah, isn't that pretty much all Mayweather's doing anymore anyways? Yeah. How old is this guy? Uh, Dangerous Don Moore. I thought I'd just was, seen it. Let's see. I don't know. Where did it go? I don't know. Whatever. Well, I won't be watching that. Sure, I'll be hearing plenty about it, but I won't be watching. Sorry. Do you even have NFTs to buy it, bro? I don't. I don't even know how that works. But I did have a discussion recently with someone about NFTs. If this is if this isn't going to turn into like an NFT talk, right? Because I will no, sh- I will shut this no. down now. <laughs> no, I can't, can't do it. One because I'm not Gary V, and two because I still don't understand. <laughs> go, can, ahead, can go, I, ahead, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Are, are you a Gary V fan? Didn't you tell I me am. to check him out? Yeah. No, I don't like this guy. You don't? No. Why? I don't like his whole attitude. He does have he does have an interesting attitude, but he the reason why I follow him is because he, he is at the forefront of everything technology and everything that has to do with anything these days. Yeah, but his whole his whole like attitude about like you can achieve success and be rich if you just grind and you just no fucker it doesn't work like that for everyone. That's horseshit advice. You need to find something that you're good at and get better at it. You know, that's that's dog shit advice. I think it's also just it's lazy advice. But what, okay. You can be all you want to be if you work hard. No shit. Work hard at what? What do I need to do? What's what do I work hard at? It's just it's very it's a very. It, do you buy into that bullshit? Are you like a Tony Robbins guy, too? No, I've man. I don't look down upon those guys, but I, that's just not, I've never needed the motivational speaker, I guess. And it just feels weird of people that need it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like pay to go to those seminars and stuff to hear them talk and stuff. I man. Well, we gotta be careful here because we know quite a few people that, that live that life. We do. So let's not be disrespectful. Do I yeah. do I know people that I don't Some, know do this? I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it off the podcast. <laughs> let's not be disrespectful to people we call friends. I'm all for motivation and yeah, motivational sure. speakers. That is fine, but you got to give me more than yeah. You can be rich and successful if you just work hard. Okay, work hard at what? You don't know me, bro. How do you know I'm not? <laughs> how do you know that I have not a skill in the world? No, then no, I can't. You need to find me something else. It's very, it's very weird that people buy into that shit, but I get it. I've, I've listened to Tony Robbins on a few occasions because I think he fascinates me. Maybe it's his giant head, but like, he's a, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. I don't necessarily, again, I, if you want to be a motivational speaker and people that go to that, I'm all for it. I think that's good because a lot of times too, man, you got to think like people need to just feel better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Forget about being inspired. Forget about being motivated and forget about the end goal being being successful or rich or maybe it's just happy. Maybe they just need to feel better. Yeah. About themselves, about their life, about their family, whatever the case may be. So I really, I really appreciate the fact that if someone can, at the very least, make you happy or make you feel a little bit better about your own situation, then I think that's a positive thing. 
And I buy into that. I just think like if you're selling success, there has to be something else attached to it other than. Well, hard. so if you, if you, with like, Gary V, if you get below like the surface level of what you're talking about, just this motivational stuff. Yeah. Like he does, uh, he'll do like call in shows and stuff where people will call in and he will get into very detail with these people. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, what's your business? What are you trying to do? And he will explain from his point of view exactly what he thinks you need to do to be successful. So it's not just like, just work hard and grind and you'll get successful with that job. Like, it's yeah, not, but that's it's how not what it's become it, popular on the internet, though. Well, fair. I, I guess. I, I don't Maybe know. I, don't I mean, know enough I, about him. yeah, I think you got to go deeper to. You want me to stop shitting on your heroes? What you're saying? <laughs> that's fine. I will. My hero is going to be dangerous Don Moore if he somehow beats Floyd Mayweather. We, we, we know that won't happen. Yeah. Gary V. So wait. So I looked him up and you're the one that told me to check him out. And when you asked me who he was, I was like, I know the name, but I don't think I've ever listened to him. So like I saw him on. I looked him up, though, and I found something to be very interesting. Let me. Are we still talking about Gary V or are we talking about somebody else? Gary V. Oh, okay. Van Vayner 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 Chuck Vayner Chuck yeah he's Belarusian yes so here's here's the problem I have okay I'm all about like keeping your keeping busy you know I myself try to do a lot of things you know I work for a living take care of my family I do a podcast I'm a musician I'm a writer right mm-hmm. however. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to tag myself as all of those things. If like, if you were a stranger and you asked me like, well, what do you do? I wouldn't go. I'm a musician, writer, podcaster. Like I wouldn't do that. But what would but you so say? Like, would you just say what your day job is? And that's I'm a it? dude. I, I'm a dude. <laughs> Let's get past the trivial stuff. I'm a dude. This is why people listen to Gary V and not what you. Do you. What do you want to know? Dude, if you just be a dude, you'll be successful. But, but it's like, okay, look, it, it, here's why i'm joking about that here's why i'm poking fun at that it's like if if i meet someone and they ask me what nationality are you or like where did you go to high school i'm like no let's talk about something else i'm irish now the conversation's over that was fun i don't i don't care i don't care where are you, you where, where are you hanging out at that people are, no, have, that are having this conversation with, right? with you <laughs> You've never had someone in this bullshit city ask you where you went to high school. Uh, not in I your. I find that hard to believe. In your city, no, I have not because they don't care. That's, that's <laughs> insane. All right, uh, but it says he's an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and internet personality. Fair enough. He is a co-founder of the restaurant reservation software company Resi and Empathy Wines. The chairman of Vanner X, a modern day media and communications holding company, and the active CEO of Vanner Media. They actually, I, I they've, uh, one of those companies actually has like NFL players, like they've signed NFL players and stuff. So, like, if you Google how did Gary V get rich, <laughs> his net worth grew from his early stage investments in successful startups, including Wildfire, Rebel Mouse, and Medium. Now you don't have to be a wine selling or social media expert like Gary to build a highly successful business on your own. So essentially he got rich off someone else's ideas and creations. Is that what I'm, that's how I'm reading that. 
I don't know. He started out as like a with like a wine. He, he started out. His dad had a wine business or had a store or something yeah, along those lines. So he just took and, over. Yeah, and started running the business for his dad. So what and, did he? What did he actually do? What hard work did he do to spin this idea that like all you got to do is work hard? I don't know. There, there, I feel like there's a lot. I'm asking sarcastically, <laughs> but I'm also being. Serious. I know, I know you are, but I feel like there's a lot of in between there of time that's missed. Nah, <laughs> nah. The internet doesn't lie, bro. I got it right here. <laughs> I don't know. Did Gary V come from money? As a young child, he operated a lemonade stand franchise. In his teens, he often made thousands in a weekend selling baseball cards. Fuck off, Internet. At the age of 14, he entered the family wine business. After college, he grew that company from $3 million to $60 million in just five years. Okay. Because I did read that. Like, he grew it. He made it an online business, not just a brick-and-mortar wine store. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Very good. You like my cynical approach to the world? It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. It really is. I try. I try. Man, I keep <laughs> going back to this picture of from that flyer. Good God. My Justin Bieber hair is, is a sight to be shit on, let me tell you. Listen, man, sometimes I do go back and find some of your old YouTube video music videos just to see your hair. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I used to be super self-conscious on stage and i felt like well if i have hair that i can headbang with and hide my face all will be well like it was really like a uh it wasn't just an emo I, thing no no man <laughs> might have been that too but it, you know <laughs> it felt good to have hair you headbang anyway that's how i became successful shitty long hair uh-huh. Now you're now, now you're a, you're a writer and a musician. <laughs> a writer, podcaster. <laughs> social media. That's what you need to tell people. Tell if anybody asks what you do, just tell them you podcast. That's it. I'm going to start doing that, yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a motivational podcaster. That's what I'm going to call myself. <laughs> Not a motivational speaker, a motivational podcaster. Well, We've covered a lot today. We went from Will Smith and Chris Rock to the band Janice to mm-hmm. Gary V. Yeah. And I really don't quite remember how the fuck we got there. But I do want to say one thing. I want to say positive vibes and thoughts to Dwayne Haskins' family. That's where I was going to go next. Yep. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. As an Ohio State fan, I've been watching, you know, if you're on social media people posting these old clips of him playing and just him as a dude and it's that's devastating news man what have, a have you moment. have you seen the controversy surrounding uh is it adam Schefter from espn yeah he sucks this isn't the first time he's done that, that was either. a terrible i mean he he immediately deleted it yeah because he's a once he started getting bitch. backlash from it that was yeah, a, that's what he does he sucks yeah this is this is this is how many times do i have to complain about this with sports media this is what we do now yeah we, we criticize, even in moments of death, we criticize the person yeah. for their performance on the field. Fuck off. But let's explain to people who are listening what we're talking about. So Dwayne Haskins passed away yesterday. He was hit by a car while walking. Yeah. He was hit by a dump truck. 
That's insane. While walking on the highway. Was it in South Florida? Is that what I read? Yeah. In Florida. <coughs> um, what a fucking just tragic. I mean, yeah, I was hit by a dump truck while walking, trying to cross the highway, and he died. I guess instantly is from what I'm what I'm reading. He was an Ohio State quarterback. That's how this is a little bit, a little bit kind of hits deeper on deeper levels for me. But you know, Ohio State quarterback, uh, most recently with the Steelers in the NFL, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all you need to say. Yeah. But Adam Schefter decided to talk about how he's been struggling in the NFL, but struggling to find his groove. I think is what he said or something like that. Who was it that immediately uh, called him out on? And repo and retweeted it. Uh, I seen uh, I seen that Lamar Jackson had something to say about it. Was that the one? Was that it? It was Lamar, but it was someone else. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Um, fuck! I'm gonna see if I can find it. And I seen Ben Roethlisberger put out a pretty long post about it too, basically saying that <clears throat> he was a kid that. He watched who never had bad days, and it was a really, it's a cool, heartfelt, yeah, post that he made. This was this was Schefter's tweet. Haskins, twenty four, died on Saturday after being struck by a dump truck in South Florida. Schefter was one of the first to tweet about Haskins' death, but the manner in which he did it raised hackles. In the now deleted tweet, Schefter said Haskins was struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL. So irrelevant. So irrelevant. What an asshole. I wish I could remember who it was, man. Damn. That he was like the, well, it's how I discovered the tweet. Whoever did it. Oh, it was Cardell Jones. Another former Ohio State quarterback. He was basically like, what the fuck does this dude's stats have to do with the fact that he lost his life? Right. So now was that, was that just a tweet that Adam Schefter had made on his own or was that on behalf of ESPN? I want to say it was his own. It was his own. But everything he does is on behalf of ESPN. He works for That's ESPN. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's why this guy's a shithead. Yeah. It's like he doesn't stop to think like, what if, what if a former like teammate of Dwayne Haskins now works for ESPN? He's now your colleague, and you're, you know, talking about his stats after he just died. Right. If I'm that guy, or or woman, if I'm that man or woman, I'd want to kill you. Yeah. Like, have some fucking respect. I don't know. I do I do want to bring up one more thing, and I may, I thought about it after our, our, our last episode because I really, like you said, peeled back the layers of stupid me and really <laughs> got to know interesting things about me, if you will. Uh-huh. They're not interesting to me, but I was reminded of something by someone, I guess, that, that heard. I think I, I didn't post a clip about that, but I guess heard that part of the show. Okay. So one thing I want to tell you also is we, <laughs> in addition, in addition to the renters in the house, we also, what's the best way to say this? There's a word for this and it's escaped me what it is. What is it when you have, what is it when you have someone from a foreign country come into our country and stay with you? There's like a it's word just, for it's it. It's just a like a foreign exchange student. Yeah, but not there. They weren't students though. This is the problem that I'm having. This is why oh, the word I don't is, know. Okay, so anyway, I can't think of it. But so, in addition to the renters, we also every summer would house, if you will, soccer players from Great Britain who would put on soccer camps here in the United States. 
I almost feel like you make that up. I swear <laughs> to God, I'll like show you, you pictures. I'll show you. Here, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's a ball from one of the camps. Wow. Signed by a bunch of these dudes. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm not making it up. So how You have to explain how that happened, though. I don't fucking know. Oh. I can, don't can we know. have your That's parents? Different. Can we have your parents on this show? No, no, God no, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know how it happened, but essentially these guys would travel across the country and they would put on these soccer clinics in these camps, and they would need house parents, I guess. If that's, they would need to stay somewhere rather than in hotels. So, uh, typically, what it would be, it would be parents of the kids who are a part of the camp. Like I went to the camps, oh, okay, but it would be parents who were had kids that were in the camp would usually how's them but <laughs> someone sent me a picture and it was bizarre there were like <laughs> 10 of these guys actually what i think it was my parents became really pretty close with one of the it was the one of the first second guys that came my parents actually became pretty close with the guy they like they went to england to his wedding oh wow and they were just they came here with their kids he came here with his wife and kids Maybe the summer of 2019. Like, I know it was before the pandemic. And actually, yeah, that's when it was. And it was the first time they had been back in the States in years. And we actually got to see them. He got to meet my wife. And my son wasn't born yet. But it's just a very weird... It's, again, just part of the experience of, like, a weird way to kind of grow up. where Where was the original connection with these people? I don't know. I think, like, the whoever puts on the camps, I think they just reached out to people... And said, we need people that will put up these guys. And of huh. course, my parents, not having all the room in the world, not already having any other strangers <laughs> in their home, said, we'll do it. Is this is that where your uh, your love of soccer came from, too? Is that where it started when you were younger? Uh, I mean, I think I already had a love of it before that, but okay. it definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fuck, man. Super weird. <laughs> Weird to think, but I forgot about all of that, and someone had to remind me of it. And they, so, okay, you, you keep saying someone. Is this? So I don't want to say who. I don't. I don't, I don't need a name. I'm just saying, is this a friend that listened to the show and was like, "Dude, you didn't even talk about the soccer players." Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want to say who. Okay, but yeah, they basically <laughs> said it like that. Like, dude, you forgot about. Also, like, is it? I made it. I was trying to make light of the fact that we had strangers living in our house. They're like, they were like, you also forgot about the strange people from Great Britain. Great Britain. That stayed at your house, too. Like, that should have been the first on your mind. I know, right? So the first year, I remember one guy was from Wales and the other guy was from England. The second year, which was the guy that my parents became friends with, he was from England. And I think the other guy was from England as well. And then... Years after that, the guys were kind of from all like again from Wales, from different places. So who who was running these camps? Were these like major? They had to be major camps, right? I don't know. For them I to fl- for them to fly all the way here, they were just called British soccer camps. Like that was the title in St. Louis. Well, in the Midwest, especially because soccer is really popular in the Midwest. Gotcha. It wasn't just St. Louis. I mean, they would go on road shows all across the nation. Oh, so like they would stay at our house. They would get in a rental car and then drive to fucking Topeka, Kansas. And then from there to fucking, you know, gotcha. 
Lincoln, Nebraska, then probably somewhere in Colorado. And then, yeah, like that's what they did for their summers. But you got to think these guys are, and this is where I got to be really careful about what I say. But these guys, you know, were 20, 21, 22. So to go to America, party in America when you're not teaching kids soccer, probably a pretty cool gig. Yeah. Pretty intriguing to them, you know? Yeah. This would have to be, I have to be really careful because after I was reminded of this, a lot of, a lot of stories came to mind, but I don't know that I should tell them. Have you ever in your life, like you see the movies and stuff about like people going abroad or going to another country or whatever and backpacking through Europe or whatever. Has any of that kind of stuff ever intrigued you like to do something like that? Backpack specifically? Just any, yeah, anything like that. Not not just like going there and visiting, but I don't know, like I guess going to another country and just roughing it, not really knowing what you're doing or how you're doing it. I mean, I've been to Europe and that's what we did. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I just did that. Yeah. We booked Airbnbs, but we kind of were winging it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I should take that back. I mean, we had specific plans as to what city we would end up in next and the travel aspect of it, but we didn't. I mean, when we were in Lisbon, we would just wake up, start walking and see what happened. You know, yeah. but that's the kind of that's how cool the city that, that that city is, though. Like you could just do that. How did you uh, were, were there multiple flights when you got over there? Did you fly to one place and then or just because you went to different cities right yeah so we flew from boston to lisbon obviously I had to fly to boston yeah we flew from no i'm sorry we flew from boston to azores which is a remote island off of portugal we were there then we flew from there to lisbon okay which was like an hour maybe and by the way super cheap flight i'm talking like 60 dollars. wow a person yeah then we drove from Lisbon to Porto, Portugal, which is like a four-hour drive, but it's all on the coast. It's fucking amazing. And that's why we did it like that. We actually had someone recommend that we do that rather than fly to Porto, which ultimately would have been like, again, a 45-minute flight, not even an hour. They said, get a car and drive the coast from Lisbon to Porto, which we did. And then we stopped in cities on the way, like beach towns. Then from Porto, we flew to Madrid, and then we flew from Madrid to Barcelona, and then home. Dang. It was a long trip, dude. I'm not going to lie. When we were boarding the plane to fly to Barcelona, we were like, fuck, we have five more days of this. This is crazy. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun and, and amazing, and I'd never change anything about it. I would never, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. But we made it like that. We wanted to make it. And, and, and this is my wife and I, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was our fucking honeymoon. You know, yeah. We wanted to make it like a fucking experience. So anyway. Yeah. The soccer players, man. I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> like, here's how, here's how out of space my parents were. They had to put up a pop-up camper in their backyard. And like two of these guys would sleep in that. Holy fuck, man. Dude, I think if I were you, I would have asked to stay in the camper and just gave up my room. You know what? 
Now that you say that, maybe my sister and I slept in the camper. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've got to be kidding, right? I'd have to verify that, but I think that's what happened. <laughs> yes, it did happen like that because I remember there's a picture of us in our school clothes in front of the camper. Okay, was this at the same time that you had the other people living in your house and yeah. the people living above your garage? Yeah. yeah. And these guys partied with the guy above the garage because he par- was in a band. Did your parents remember that you they actually had kids? Or did no. they forget? <laughs> the Dude, they're boomers. <laughs> Boomer parents are different, man. They're, I know. They're, they're, it's just different. It's fucking... <laughs> go outside, eat a fucking Big Mac, and don't kill yourself. That's basically what it was. <laughs> Come home in a decent hour. Don't piss on the neighbor's house. Don't die. That's basically what it was. And during those times, no, we didn't exist. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, remember I said the one guy was a drummer that stayed above the garage. There are pictures of this guy from England singing with his band. Just for fun. Because they were rehearsing up in the garage. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Should I write, should I write a book or something? Because you're amazed by this. Is, does anyone else? Is, is this like weird to anyone else? It's I don't know. I, you because you live in the woods. But no, I think it's weird to me because I've known you for quite a while now. And then I'm just learning. I'm learning more here. stuff. Yeah. I mean, there may be, maybe a lot of people out there that don't care who Patrick Blair is. But I'm interested. Oh, no one gives a fuck. That's how <laughs> I'm saying. No one should. But those guys partied at the Oz. Oh, really? And, and Pops. Yeah. So those, that's where I got to end because I know that I have stories that I can't say, shouldn't say. Gotcha. But yeah, man. Yeah. That ball was from that. I still have, do they used to have the, the, cause you know, you, you've seen me wear soccer jerseys. I think I've, I've worn them on this podcast, Yeah. but they used to have the sickest fucking jerseys that they would give out. This is how cool these guys were. So the dudes So the, like I said, the first two guys that came. We didn't really, my, uh, my parents didn't really bond with. Um, in fact, did those guys stay at my house? Yeah, they did. But my parents didn't really bond with them, but it was the second two guys. But these guys would like, when they came over, would just give me like expensive soccer jerseys and shit. Like here, you know, for them, it's nothing. Uh, yeah, it's just cool. I wish I still had those jerseys too. I think they got stolen actually. Actually, I know they got stolen. I had a party when I was in high school, maybe. And I remember people were in my room. A bunch of shit was missing. I got Hmm. robbed. I got robbed. It's probably someone I know. Fuckers. Anyway. (laughs) I'm sure more will come up and I'll, I'll fill you in next week on Stuff I forgot. I'm excited. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. Did we miss anything? So Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Awful, 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 awful. Yes. Did we miss anything? Uh, Oscars, Janice fighting, Cage the Elephant. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have told that story, but oh, oh man. fuck it. <laughs> Fine. Man, I think we I think we hit it all. If not, we'll hit That's it fine. next week. Cool. <laughs> all right. We're out.